Well, everybody, welcome to church this morning. We're so glad you're here, by the way. Um, that was my beautiful wife. Her name is Bethany. That is my son walking off to Kids Church right now with her. I uh, get the privilege alongside of my wife to pastor this church. And um, it's a good thing. Life is good. Amen. Uh, so if you're new, um, that's who we are. We are the pastors of this church. So welcome if you're new to us uh, today. Um, well, we're... Uh, quickly approaching June, and this is an interesting time of the year for us as a church because, well, we are primarily, um, well, we primarily have college students in excess here at our church, and this is a time of the year where they generally get some vacation time and go back you know, to their homes and be with their families and rest up for the following year. And so um, it's a great opportunity for us to go deep as a church, um, both with God and with one another, you know, and of course you uh, put that uh, or you put COVID on top of that, and it gets a little bit more interesting. So we are certainly in a rebuilding phase. So we got a lot of seats to fill, uh, as you can imagine, as a result of that. So let's start inviting our friends and getting them to church, our coworkers, our neighbors, right? I mean, I, who doesn't want to be part of this? I know some of you might be a little scared by what happened earlier, but we're the church. This is, these are things that should be happening in church. We, we should be the most intense people on planet Earth about our faith and about the Lord that we serve. Amen? Amen. Well, with that being said, uh, we're going to get right to it, and I have a message I believe it's, uh, the Lord's given me, and I'm titling this message, What's the Point, right? We're off to a good start already, right? You're like, oh my goodness, what do you mean, what's the point? Well, I um, got to thinking uh, some this week, which is extraordinary in and of itself, because I am not much of a thinker. I know, you're like, what are you doing the, being the pastor? Um, but this week was interesting as... Monday approached, I, I got to thinking about what's the point of following Jesus when the cost is so great? Um, I know that might concern you too. You're like, you're a pastor. Of course you're going to pay the cost. Yes, uh, but you, you ever, I mean, let, let's just relax a little bit, right? Because Jesus actually instructed us to consider the cost, right? Uh, let's turn there, if you would, to Luke 14, just in case um, you think I'm crazy. Uh, these are uh, the words of Jesus in Luke 14, starting in verse 28. It says, For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. Makes sense. And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. And this is a hard-hitting verse. This is where it's really going to sit well with us this morning, I'm sure. But this is Jesus, nevertheless. He concludes this thought with... So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Now, I imagine there's some unpacking to be done there, but we're going to leave it right there. We're gonna just going to, we're not going to get into the details. Actually, the verse really speaks for itself. It's hard hitting, yes, nevertheless, but it's from our Lord Jesus Christ, isn't it? And so... Um, the point is this, is the cost of following Christ, this is just one of the many verses that exist in the Gospels, is great, just in case if that's new news to you, you know, and, 
in the West, I'm not surprised when people are surprised about the cost, you know, because you don't hear about the cost a lot behind the pulpit in churches in America. Uh, you know, you don't hear about the cost it, it, it actually takes and the sacrifice it takes to follow Jesus. It is great. So let's just call it for what it is, shall we? Um, another story is hanging out for us in Matthew chapter 19. If you want to turn there, Matthew chapter 19. It's okay to read the Bible this morning. Okay, a couple of you like that idea. Um, hopefully I'll have the rest of you convinced by the end of this sermon. Matthew chapter 19. Here's a story of a young man who was uh, wealthy. And he had an exchange with Jesus. And this is how it went in verse 16. And a man uh, came to him, him being Jesus, saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he, Jesus, said to him, why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good, and if you would enter life, keep the commandments. He said to him, which one? And Jesus said, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the young man said to him, all of these things I have kept. He's a liar. Um, but, you know, he's, he's witty and young. All of these I have kept. Uh, so what do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, which it does not exist, go sell what you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Come, follow me. And when the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, because he had great possessions. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the word of God. I thank you for truth. And God, I ask right now that the Holy Spirit would come and rest upon every word that now comes out of my mouth. Let it, let it pierce the heart. Let it touch lives. Lord, let it rethink, help us rethink the way we think about Jesus and about our faith, God. And more so than anything, help it to glorify your son, Jesus, in our hearts. We pray this in Jesus' name. Now, I want to underscore really quick verse 21, where Jesus had, in the conversation, kind of landed him probably to the place, I guess, mostly what he wasn't willing. This young, rich ruler was not willing to part with, and that was his possessions, right? And, and, and when Jesus had brought this up, to maybe you know, rid himself of materialism, this was a bit too much for the ruler. And, and I just wanna say, first and foremost, I sympathize with this young man. I, I, it is hard, I'm sure we can all attest to this, is that it's hard if we're honest to give things up, especially when they're things that we love, right? It's not, it's not that hard when it's like, yeah, that's easy to give up, I don't really care that much about it, but when you actually care about the things that Jesus is asking you to give up, it's, it's, it's hard, right? I mean, any, I've got any honest people here today in the church, all right? Okay, good, good, we're on the same page. I, I remember uh, uh, just a silly story to get us off the ground here. Back in my early years of faith, I um, remember the church that I was attending was doing a drive, um, a, a, a fundraiser for a church that they had planted in Africa uh, for musical equipment. And um, I felt immediately that I was uh, supposed to give either uh, money or, or a piece of equipment that I owned at the time. And that was my nice, uh, I think, nine-piece drum set. It was like a pearl export. Um, 
It, it, it actually, if you put it on stage today, people would laugh at it because it had like four rototoms, two floor toms. I mean, the thing was just huge. It was ginormous. But I loved it because at the time, you know, drummers who were influential in, in culture were like Lars Harwich. I don't know why. He's the worst drummer on planet Earth. He drums for Metallica. And the guy's just, he's, just, he's weak, you know? But then you step it up a little bit and you get into drummers like Neil Peart. I don't know. I'm probably uh, dating myself a little bit. The band Rush. I mean, great drummer. John Bottom from Led Zeppelin. I mean, I was hooked. These guys had big drum sets and I felt like part of the family. I wasn't really, when I got the set, good at drumming, but I felt like, hey, like I'm already narrowing the score and, 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 and the gap here because I have a drum, that, drum set that looks like them. Uh, I'll go a little further in the story. My brother, um, back in, like when I was 13, had brought his drum set. My, uh, my mother had, was previous mar- married to another man prior to marrying my father. But his father, my brother's father, was a musician, and he ended up bringing a five-piece Lugwake drum set back to our house. And I just fell in love with it. I, prior to like being introduced to like Nirvana and stuff, I loved like sports. But once I found like music, I was like, I got immediately hooked. So when my brother would go off to school, I would get like pencils out because he would hide the drumsticks so I wouldn't play it. And I'd get pencils out and bang it and just like act like, you know, like, ah, my, my mom didn't care. But he would come home and he's like, dude, don't touch my drum set. There's like holes in the snare. What are you doing? And so he decided to bring it back to his dad's house. And my mom was like, how dare you? And they bought me a bigger drum set than his. <laughs> and so I really loved the set, primarily because it was big and it reminded me of the sets that some of my idols had. I use that word lightly, but at the time I did idolize these men. Um, and uh, I didn't really know how to play, but I had, I had the look down at least. And so it was real meaningful to me. And when the church was taking up this drive, I, I, I was really fighting the urge um, to not want to give uh, my drum set towards, to this church. And, you know, of course, God won the battle. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I have shared, shared often that I struggle in the area of generosity. It's, it's like, I, I really rely on my wife when it's time to tip and when it's time to give. And like, I'm like, hey, babe, because I, I just, I don't have that thing alive in my heart. I'm asking for it. It's just, I, I want to hold on more than I want to let go. And so, uh, you know, like the, Luckily, God won that battle, and we ended up giving the drum set away to the church. And it was interesting that um, it, shortly after I gave the drum set away, this lady came to me in the church and gave me a check for 2500 bucks. And I'm new to the faith. I'm not really getting the whole principle at this point of sowing and reaping. I'm just trying to survive, you know, and, and kind of like, you know, like just do the Jesus thing as best as I can, you know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think anybody talked to me about this principle, but it was like a week later that a woman in the church came and gave me this big check. And I was like, my goodness. I mean, it's totally eclipsed the price of my drum set. I, I mean, probably now if I went to go try, try to sell that big set of mine, it probably would have cost like 200 bucks and even then maybe four, 450. But I was like, I was blown away. And I share this story to, to say this in light of the text that we've already brought up into the conversation is that sometimes when we are con- contemplating uh, the cost of following Christ, we forget about what we gain as a result of following Christ. Let me, let me read that again. Sometimes when we are contemplating the cost of following Christ, when we're considering it, we're looking, you know, I, don't, I, I do it. I do it still now, you know, 20 plus years into this. You know, I'm like, man, can I do that? 
You know, can I, can G, like I'm, I'm reading something in the scripture. I'm like, whoa, can I, can I, can I do that? Look, can I, can I be that sacrificial? Can I, can I be that willing to give and to let go and, and such? So it's, it's still a challenge. I have to constantly consider the cost of following Christ. And, and, and hear me, you should too. Like if you're not, you should be asking yourself some serious questions. Like some serious questions about your faith. But, you know, often when we're contemplating the cost, we forget about the gain as well that exists in making the choice to follow Christ. And, and, and it's, it's, it's good, but part of it is just we need to be freshly reminded that there is gains because we're so, you know, especially in this church, so used to hearing the cost. And we're, 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 we, we kind of stay away sometimes from what there is to gain, but there is gains. I had no idea that this woman would cut me a check for $2,500 that would far succeed the cost of my set. And uh, sometimes what we sacrifice as followers of Christ overshadows what we gain as followers of Christ. And most times the loss is drastically um, incomparable to the gain. And we're going to get into that. Now, you actually see this played out in the last text that we read in Matthew chapter 9. Jesus did talk pretty candidly about what this young ruler would gain as a result of giving all his possessions away. I don't know if you picked up on it, but in the text we read this in verse 21. If you would be perfect, now again, Jesus knows that there's nobody perfect. You know, he's the only one perfect, telling him to be perfect. Go and sell what you possess and give to the poor, and you will what? Right. Now, it's interesting. I think up until this week, I never really caught on to that. <laughs> I'd always, like, really obsess and, and focus on the loss and, and what it is I'm to give. You tracking with me? Uh, but this kind of just leaped on the page and smacked me up against the face. I'm like, oh! Okay, Lord, you're just not calling him to sacrifice. You have something for him in replace of that sacrifice. But even better than this, and sometimes we don't celebrate this, very especially in the charismatic church, we don't really understand how precious our salvation is. Like, like in the charismatic church, we're not necessarily indoctrinated and taught that eternal life is a very like Amen. dear, sacred, powerful worth worshiping Jesus. Sorry for spitting, let me back up. Um, but worth uh, uh, celebrating and worshiping Jesus on this side of eternity. And our salvation is enough to keep us very excited until Jesus comes in his glory. But, but we don't hear about that in the charismatic church. We obsess over signs, wonders, and miracles. Listen, guys, in the early church, signs and wonders and miracles weren't enough to keep people. They were not enough to keep people. And sometimes people were more obsessed in Jesus' day about signs, wonders, and miracles than they were about salvation. The, the very purpose that Christ came. I'm, I'm bunny track. I'm, I'm, I'm going off on a side note here, so we'll just get off that and come back. But not only did Jesus promise this young man treasures in heaven, which, you know, you can unpack that in the Gospels. Jesus talked about this, rewards in, in, in heaven. But he actually talked about eternal life as well. Because the question was, uh, sir, what should I do to, to, to receive and inherit eternal life? That was a question. 
And so not only is he um, given this uh, promise of having treasure in heaven, but he's also, if, if he's, if he's uh, obedient and sacrificial and rids himself of materialism, he is going to receive eternal life. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a pretty big deal. It's a pretty big reward. <laughs> I don't know, maybe talking to the wrong group, but. So Jesus invites him to rid himself of materialism, to be generous, and that the two things he'll receive as a, as a reward for that is eternal life and treasure in heaven. I don't know, I'm, so, I'm already convinced that's a good deal. Like, what do I need to sell, you know? We, we get so caught up, right, in the here and now, this little precious 80 to 100 years we might get on planet Earth. And we forget about this big, eclipsing, big, giant word called eternity. <laughs> Do you understand, folks? Man, if you are just caught up in the here and now, and you're obsessing over the here and now, and you have not allowed the preciousness of salvation and eternity to just marinate your heart, and, and, and as a result of that marinating, your heart just swelling with love for Jesus, man, you are missing it. If you are just living for the here and now with your money, your time, you know, and, and everything else, you are missing it. Friends, you will get, if you're lucky, 80 to 100 years. If you're lucky, some of you, it will be shorter. But man, we'll have eternity with Christ. And so the real question is, what are we living for? What are we living for? And the, and the real argument that Jesus makes here, I don't think necessarily is even about the possessions. It's about, son, what are you living for? You got a lot. You got a lot of money, a lot of possessions, man, but you're missing out on the bigger picture. I got something more for you. I, I got something greater than your wealth. <laughs> That's a good deal to me. Eternal life and treasures in heaven. Sign me up. What do I have to give? What sacrifices do I have to make? I'm signed up. Good example for this as well as in um, Matthew chapter 13, you can open there. I promise I'm wrapping up about an hour and a half to two hours, we'll be out of here. Just kidding. I heard another pastor say that, I thought it would be good and just. <laughs> Matthew chapter 13, words in red, words of Jesus, words of the Son of God here. Just take them to heart, you should listen. Here Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure, there's that word again, hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, interesting, the man has joy. <laughs> but look at what he has joy in doing. He has joy and goes and sells all he has and buys that field. He's a pretty happy guy, you know, selling everything he has to buy that, that field where the treasure is hidden. I love that, that's good. You know, I might do that begrudgingly. I mean, like, can I hold on to both? Like, is there some way I can keep my possessions and um, work out some kind of finance deal where I can buy the field? I'm not, but here, this guy is so excited about what he finds, with joy he goes and sells all that he has so that he can have this, this treasure. And we know this is salvation, we know this is Jesus. Jesus is the treasure, he is the one worth, uh, are worthy to uh, have us sell everything that we have so radically and so, you know, kind of mindlessly. For, for, I'm sure that would be some people's uh, observation. Like, what's wrong with you? Oh, you don't know what I've seen. You don't know who I serve. 
Again, the kingdom in verse 45 of heaven is like a merchant in search for fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value, just one pearl, went and sold all that he had and bought it. The man and the merchant sold everything that they had to buy the field and the pearl, right? And Jesus said that, well, at least the man who went and bought the uh, field did it with joy. Now, I don't know about you, um, but just, just kind of like taking the kind of super spirituality out of things and kind of putting our humanity into it. I don't know if I'm gonna to get too excited about giving all that I have and own if I'm not convinced that what I'm gonna gain <laughs> is greater than what I'm gonna give. You, you, you give, I mean, I, I know some of you are super spiritual and you're like, God just asks you to give stuff and you're like, sure, Lord. What is it anyway? Is this money? It's just my car, you know? I was always amazed in my marriage, uh, actually, when dating Bethany, people would just give her cars. I was like, what, 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 what is that? They were like, hey, just have this car. I'm like, Ugh. but it, you know, I guess my point is that we, we, we are not as spiritual as we think we are, okay? And, and, and God knows us well, right? I mean, of course he created us. Hello. And so um, I imagine that when we're actually come into grips of what we're gaining, sacrificing and giving and like just laying down our lives and counting the cost becomes a lot easier. Are you tracking with me? You tracking with me? You know, some Christians that just don't have like the foresight to see what they're actually gaining in Christ just because they can't have it here now. I mean, we live in such a microwave kind of, you know, show up to the driveway kind of, you know, world. And we kind of, you know, we think our experience at Walmart should be our experience with God, you know? <laughs> it's just like, what aisle is this, uh, you know, just like, it's just, it's just, we live in a very convenient uh, society and culture, and sometimes those things overlap into the way we see God and the way we kind of imagine God to be. But it's not like that. Like, it's not like that at all. But I imagine uh, sacrificing becomes a lot easier when we actually understand, like fully understand and, 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 and what I mean by understanding, we like, we get into the word of God. We like look at what God is saying through these passages and others. And we kind of understand, wow, this is such a momentary, like we're, we're passing through. This is just a moment. And, and why am I investing so much of myself into this moment when I should be investing everything I have into eternity, into uh, this promise that's coming, this salvation, you know, you, you get what I'm trying, you get, you're so... and so it, it becomes a lot easier. There's, there's probably uh, the reality here of this merchant in this man is like, well, this is no sacrifice at all. You know, that, that's, I think that's, that's some of the heart that Christ wants his people to have. It's no sacrifice at all. I'll give everything. Look what I'm gaining. Look what I'm gaining. I would have known that giving my drum set like on the on the back end of that like somebody would have just like if I would have known going into it like somebody was going to write me a check like I know now the principle of sowing and reaping right like I, I get it like and it, it happens all the time like we decide to sacrificially do something help somebody serve somebody give to something God immediately comes on the back of that sacrifice and gives us almost double, if not triple, what we give. And it's, 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 it's amazing, but it becomes a lot easier. If I would have known that on the cusp of giving my drum set to a church in Africa, that this lady was gonna write me out a, a check for 2,500 bucks, I would have been like, no problem. Like, less reluctant, like, sure. Like, 
doubling my value. I'll buy four of those sets, amen? Anyways, you know, funny, it, it almost sounds slippery what I'm saying here, but Jesus, again, fully disclosed what this man would gain, this rich young ruler, what he would gain. He, he pulled no corns about it, right? He, he, was, he wasn't like trying to use code and secret language. He like laid it out there. You'll have treasure in heaven, listen. And he fully discloses what this man would gain, but it wasn't enough to convince the man. It wasn't enough. He was obviously a steward, uh, somebody who was acquainted with God's word in some way. I mean, he knew about the commandments. He was asking Jesus what he must do to be saved. I mean, he has some point of reference, but yet when it comes down to the brass tacks, he can't make that decision. He can't bring it home. And I feel like some of us in this room today and possibly watching on this camera are a little bit reluctant to give everything that we have like this man, or like the man, excuse me, in the merchant in the Gospel of Matthew, did. We simply believe somewhere, because we simply believe, excuse me, somewhere deep inside of us that there's nothing to gain. Friends, there is something to gain. And let me submit this to you as I'm bringing this to a close. Consider the cost, right? Do it. Like, count it. Like, like take Jesus' words to heart. But also, um, uh, consider the gain as well, the, the advantage, right? The advantage of following Christ. Now, I was, um, don't recommend this, but I was just yesterday as I was folding laundry. Yep, that's right, I fold laundry, boys. When you get married, you should do some of it. It's, it's therapeutic. And, um, uh, but I was watching a documentary and um, I don't, I don't, I don't um, recommend it because there was like bad language in it, okay? So I'm sorry if like that's, if that taints your, um, you know, your perception of me, I apologize. But um, it, it, the, the documentary is called um, What Drives Us? And, and if you know uh, um, anything about the man whose name is Dave Grohl, he is the drummer for, or was the drummer for Nirvana, I'm sorry for all these music references too as well. Um, but this just happened yesterday, so I gotta, I gotta do it. I think it's applicable to the sermon. Um, but uh, he has a very foul mouth. Most rock stars do. I mean, he's, if you know anything about his life with the Foo Fighters, he, he's a pretty big deal. Like he's packing out stadiums, not just one time, not just two times, three or four or five times, okay? He'll come to Foxborough and they'll have, like the stadium that the Pats play in, they'll have like three or four, uh, you know, concerts there just with the Foo Fighters. I mean, he's a pretty big deal. So he does this, um, Documentary. And it's all about the sacrifices that big, like, time musicians make in order to get to the place that they're at currently. So you have like bands like the Beatles. Like, I think Ringo Starr was there. I didn't even know he was alive, but he's there. That was a joke. You can laugh. Um, you know, uh, there's like you know Metallica's drummer. There's U2. I mean, there's a bunch of people, and they're just talking about the the days prior to making it big and the sacrifices they made. And I started thinking, how interesting is it that these men? can pay such a cost without um, the promise or the guarantee that they'll actually strike it big. And of course, in that documentary, there are some bands that are, that are, that are paying the same price. They're, I think one of the big things was that they were, in the beginning stages, they were traveling around all America in small vans, 
you know, like they're like from the East Coast to the West Coast. They're like in like five in one van, all their equipment stored up there. They're, they're trying to put like some beds in there. It's just wild and crazy. I would never do it. But I was, I was so intrigued by their, their, their intensity to pay such a price without the guarantee that anything will ever come from it. And, and I, I started just making the connection and asking myself, why are we the church? Not like these men. Of, of course, it's just an example. I'm not, <laughs> believe me, I don't want you to be like David Grohl. I want you to be like Jesus. But in, in regards to sacrificial, right? And, and here, here's, here's the biggest offense. Here's the biggest offense, I think, to the Christian faith is that these men, again, they did not have any guarantee that they would strike it big, but they paid the price anyways. Friends, we, the people of God, have been given a guarantee. Yeah. We, that deserves a much bigger applause than what you're doing right now. Do you, do you, do you tracking with me? Like, we have a promise. I mean, why are we so apprehensive? Like, what, what is holding us back? Your nine to five job? Your college education? You're tracking with me. Now, hey, have a job, please do. Get an education, right? Do it, I'm not down in those things. But man, live intensely. Live um, intentionally Amen. live with fire and passion, willing to pay any sacrifice, Amen. anything it takes to pick up your cross and follow Christ. Amen. Serve people, love the church. Jesus does, why wouldn't you? little off subject, right? But, it's, it, but this is what I mean by living intentionally and intensely. There are practical things, ways in which we can live out those things. They just don't happen in a vacuum. They, they happen when you're offended and, and when you're angry at somebody and when you want to leave or if you've just had enough with some of the relationships in the church and you're just done and you're peacing out. Man, pay the cost. Sacrifice a little for one another. Be the church. Imagine if Jesus treated some of us like we treat each other. Imagine the first time that, we get a, that Jesus gets offended with us. He just said, forget you. Right? I'm moving on. I'm taking my things and leaving. God's calling me somewhere else. Sure he is. Guys, Jesus is fiercely dedicated to his people. Right? It's fiercely. I'm... I'm but you get what I'm saying. I mean, is this making sense at all? And so when, when, when we actually just summarize and bring this home, um, the way, the reason, I should say, we, the, the, the price should be paid, meaning the cost of, the, the point of, of this sacrificial giving heart that God wants to develop us, the reason why, uh, we are to, 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 to live that out intentionally um, in our lives is because the gain is so great. The gain is so great. And whatever, whatever form of sacrifice, whatever form of, of like, oh God, are you really calling me to do that? Whatever, whatever that looks like for you, 
trust me, it will be worth it. It, it will be worth it. You, you most likely will not see it in the here and now. Some of you will. There, there are things, and that's what I was, I got on the tangent about Walmart and this convenient kind of culture that like you drive through, you know, microwave culture that we live in. Like there are things that are immediate, like blessings and gains that happen. You know, I, I, we've seen it in our life when it comes to generosity. We'll give something and it's like God blesses us immediately. Somebody's giving to us. It's just, it's, it's amazing. And there's other, uh, we'll help somebody and somebody's helping us. Man, uh, my brother Fabiano came in, in single-handedly uh, uh, built my bathroom with me. <laughs> like the guy, the guy could have been everywhere. I mean, he's a successful businessman. He's got a good business, but he's there and he's serving me and he's serving my wife and he's helping me build. And, and, and I, I, I like it to, to think it's because I, prior to that, got invested in somebody else's life, helped them build something, helped serve them in something that, that, that God rewarded me in such a way. And that's just the way it works. But some of us will be guaranteed a, a gain like that in this life. But most of us, will have to wait. But let me tell you this, the waiting is worth it. The waiting is worth it. Let's pray. Father, I, I thank you for your word and I've, I've, I've done my best to communicate Lord, what you've spoke to me through this week, and now I'm looking to you and your spirit to fully convince us of these truths, to, to fully bring this home, God. And Lord, we're not just looking for that to happen here, but we're looking for it to happen when Monday comes and Tuesday and, and, and the call of God to consider the cost comes, Lord, where we're having to be sacrificial or, 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 or to give something in order to gain something. Father, we're asking that your precious spirit what would bring into fruition um, the, the necessary um, tools and the necessary components in our hearts and in our lives to really live this message out. Let us not walk away, Lord, uh, knowingly or unknowingly, like the rich young ruler. Let, let us be like the man and the merchant who, who far ahead before they sell everything, they have already seen the worth of Christ. They've already seen the treasure in that field. They've already seen this pearl of great value. Let us be those kind of people, God, who far ahead of being sacrificial already says, Lord, it is worth it. Lord, it is worth it. If that's in the area of giving, if that is in the area of serving, if that is, whatever it is, God, let us be a sacrificial Christ-like people. I pray these things. In your son Jesus' name, amen, amen.